Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Coolangatta podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. You've joined us in our series, First Peter, Hope in the Midst of Suffering. In this series, we will discover how to experience hope within suffering through learning how to embrace love, submission, and identity in the midst of challenges as we follow the example of Christ. We pray that this message is a blessing. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much, David. My name is Mika, Mika Hurd. If I have not met you, I would love to get to know you. Come down and have a coffee with me downstairs in the cafe afterwards. We're currently in a series called Hope in the Midst of Suffering. We're reading through the book of 1 Peter. A few weeks ago, David gave us an amazing message on what it looks like to have a heavenly inheritance, an inheritance that does not perish, that does not fade, and does not spoil. And last week, Scott gave us an incredible message on what it looks like to be holy as God is holy and that we are bought at a price to walk in, our, walk in what God's called us to walk in. If you've missed either of those weeks, please go back and listen to them. They are amazing and are such a blessing. Um, today, we are walking through what it looks like to be a child of God. What does it look like to have an identity that's on a firm foundation in Jesus Christ? Church, what does it look like to become more like Jesus? Let's read 1 Peter 2, verse 4 to 10, if you want to grab your Bibles out. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Will you pray with me? Father God, we're here for you. Holy Spirit, come and work in this place. Come and work in every heart. Mighty God, that it's not my words, but yours. This day is yours and you can do far more with it than we could hope or imagine. Mighty God, come and show up. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. We love you and we need you so desperately. Mighty God, that it's your words and not mine. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. 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 So, who's heard of Lance Armstrong? Oh, more than I thought. Great. So, Lance Armstrong is a professional road cyclist. He went to the Olympics. He um, he was a number one triathlete. He went to win seven consecutive Tour de France's, and that's never been done before. He was this, he was, he reached international fame and he was, a, he was also a cancer survivor. He survived cancer and went on to race and became this iconic, revered athlete. He was a champion and a hero. Could you imagine that being who you are? 
you walk down the street and everyone knows who you are, I think that'd be scary. I don't think I'd like that. Um, but one day, his world came crashing down. He was stripped of every title as an investigation into doping allegations came out. His, his identity as a champion and a sporting hero came crashing down. He let the way that he lived control who he was. Like, the way who he was was the way he lived. His new identity became a fraud, a cheat, and sadly, a disappointment to so many young people who looked up to him. If we, he, he tried to like hold on and maintain himself. He tried to be the support and, and the foundation of who he was. And when that started to not work, he turned to the world. He turned to, to drugs to try and hold him up, but ultimately that began to fail. His identity and who he was came crashing down around him. Friends, what does it look like for us to have a firm foundation? A foundation that doesn't move, a foundation that's not persuaded on the world around us. Well, first, we need to look to Jesus. Verse 4 says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. Jesus is a living stone, rejected by humans. We see in our New Testament so much of what they used to do to him. They beat him, they humiliated him, they mocked and scorned, they, they denied him. Think of Peter who writes this letter. He was Jesus' closest disciple. He walked side by side with Jesus for three years. He knew him intimately and closely. And then Jesus was arrested and Peter goes on to deny Jesus, saying he never knew him to Roman guards and, and, and servants. How do you think that made Jesus feel? How would that make you feel? A close friend denying you? But where in our lives do we do exactly the same thing? Like for me, on a Monday morning and I go to work and, and I've had a great weekend, church was awesome, and a customer who I probably will never see again and I definitely don't know says, what did you do on the weekend? I say everything except my Sunday morning. Like I went to the beach, I went and did this, I hung out with some friends. Or I say oh, I, I went and hung out with Beck. I went and did this, and I went and did that. I went to church, and I went and did this. I say it so fast they don't catch on that I exaggerate other things. Does anyone else do this? <laughs> the few nods. Great, there's three of us. Um, Christ may have been rejected by men, but he doesn't get his identity in that. That's not who he is. He knows his worth and identity, and that is in God. He is chosen and precious to God. Precious is of being great, of great value, being prized and costly, held in honor or held dear. That is who Jesus is. As we read on in verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Just like Jesus, we get to become living stones through him. We get to become chosen and precious to God. We're able to share in Christ's identity. Because of the work of Jesus on the cross, we're made alive in Christ. We, we, he faced rejection on the cross, rejection by his friends and by us, so that we may have life in God, that we may come to God as children of God and co-heirs with Christ. Amen. Without Jesus, we're boring and ugly stones, like the one behind me. How many of us would walk past this? Like if we're just going for a walk down the beach, whatever, and this is on it, we just keep walking? Anyone? All of us? A few of us? Great. Well... We just walk past a precious stone. This is what's inside. This stone is called a geode. This is a stone that has, it's beautiful on the inside and quite rough and rugged on the outside. But this is like Christ. Christ is 
give, made us precious. He's made us beautiful. He's given us identity and made us a living stone. Inside each of us, he's placed identity, value, and worth. He has given us identity not based on what we look like or what we do or what we can bring or how hard we can hold on, but based on who we are in Jesus. We are precious. We are his and we are loved. We're known by God. God has given us this identity in Jesus. Will you let this become who you are? We as living stones are being built into God's spiritual house, which is the church, to glorify God and offer him spiritual sacrifices. If we bring our whole selves to Jesus, let go of trying to maintain ourselves and come to him, he will do marvelous things. He will sustain us and uphold us and build us into a beautiful house. This beautiful spiritual house is the church, where we're to come as God's people to glorify him and offer ourselves to him. Christ is the head of the church, like he is the cornerstone of that spiritual building. For in scripture in verse 6, it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who puts his trust in him will never be put to shame. This text comes from our Old Testament in Isaiah 28, 16. The chosen and precious stone is God's unfailing love and relationship to his people, a relationship which culminated in the coming of the Messiah. And the early church took this text and applied it to Jesus as the immovable foundation of God. Today, the cornerstone is is known as a setting stone, like the one in the picture. It's the first, the biggest, and the strongest stone when placed in building. It determines the entire position of the entire building, and it gives it support. Without the cornerstone, the building would crumble and collapse. Where in our lives do we find we have our cornerstone to be missing? Is there anywhere we're feeling weak? Maybe, you, maybe you're making your cornerstone your food at, or your, as your comforter. Like you, you indulge in food because that's where you get your comfort. Or maybe you're putting your confidence and stability in the things you can achieve. What you can do, how, what you can bring, how hard you can hold on. But it's just not working. Maybe you're so caught up in the culture of your work environment that your identity is becoming more like the world than like Jesus. When we give our all to Jesus, he takes these things. He becomes our solid and firm foundation through all circumstances and all seasons. Nothing can change when we're founded on Jesus. So friends, what foundation are you building your life upon? Now to you who believe, the stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. God set Christ as the cornerstone. Well and truly before we were here, well and truly before the foundation of the world, Christ was the cornerstone. So he doesn't change if we don't believe. He doesn't change. He's he's always the cornerstone, regardless of our beliefs. The cornerstone is kind of like a hammer. It's one object, but how we come to it or what we use it for has different effects. Like a hammer can build a beautiful house, a big, strong building, or it can tear down a wall and cause that house and building to crumble. Jesus gives us a choice. How will we come to him? Will we build our life around him? Will we see him as our chosen and secure foundation? For those who believe in Jesus, he 
he is precious. He, he's the crown and honor of a Christian. It's like when we go and get something new and it's exciting, it's precious to us, it's important, we don't want to leave it behind, we want to take it everywhere we go. And this is like Jesus. He's important, he's precious to us, he's changed our world. But he won't force you to choose him. He gives you a choice. Will we reject him and walk away? Will we walk away and live a life God has not got planned for us? We can choose to build our life on our own foundation. We can choose to hold on as hard as we can for as long as we can. But when we face storms, when the storms of our lives come in half and puff and try to blow our houses down, ultimately, they will succeed. And over time, our foundations will crack. They will crumble and we will completely collapse. Has anyone tried to do this? Like, maybe you've had a thought, I've got this. I'm okay. Um, the other day, we were out with some friends till really late, and my thought was, oh, I'm getting up at 3.30 a.m. to do a 10-hour workday. I'll be fine. I've got this. At 3.30, I wake up, and I'm like, oof, it's okay. I'm tired, but I've got this. Um, within, within an hour of my working day, I'd spilt a jug of milk all over my colleague, who was not impressed. I served a coffee that was cold because I forgot to steam the milk, which, by the way, is most of my job. And... <laughs> So clearly they kicked me off the machine, put me on the till, and I started making so many mistakes, the chef was like, nah-uh, get off that, get back on the machine. So if you couldn't tell, I didn't have it. I did not have that one bit. And I was trying to have my foundation as me. I was trying to sustain myself and do it all in my own strength, which I just can't do on a good day, let alone a sleep-deprived day. When we try and do that, we face hardship, we face stumbling, we face exhaustion. To non-believers, Christ can be a stumbling block. When they reject the gospel and try to live on their own, they follow their own ways or the ways of the world. We just It leads to trials and exhaustion. Their lives are like their buildings, built on a soft foundation that just can crumble when anything comes against it. To those who reject Christ, there's judgment and there's condemnation. Maybe you're here today and you've walked away from Jesus. You've walked away from the firm and solid foundation. And it's, it's just, you're struggling a bit. Maybe you've tried to do it on your own. You're holding on as tight as you can, but it's just, you're, you're exhausted and you want to let go and it's not working anyway. Maybe you've seen the gospel as a stumbling block. Maybe it's, you want to go and live a life over here because it's so much more fun and exciting, but it's not fulfilling. Something's missing in your world. There's good news for you today, my friends. God is calling you home. God is calling you into a close and intimate relationship with him. He wants to call you a chosen and precious child of God. Will you let him do that today? Will you let him call you a child of God? Our God is a good God. He's always willing to catch us and pick us up when we stumble and fall. He will take us from our own foundation and place us on his solid and firm foundation in Jesus Christ. So will you turn to him? Will you allow your identity to be a child of God? What does this identity look like, though? Firstly, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Friends, our identity is a chosen people, chosen by God to do the goodwill of God in our world. Secondly, our identity is a royal priesthood. Back in the ancient world, a priesthood was 
like the priests were the only ones who could have direct access to God. Once a year, they could go into the Holy of Holies and have direct communion with God. In the Latin word, priest is pontifex, which means bridge builder. This gives us a beautiful picture of how the priest would come and build a bridge so that the others could come to him to come and have access to God. But Jesus is now our great priest. He's the one that gives us direct access to God. He's the one that builds a bridge that you and I may come over and have access to God at any time, whenever we want, however we are, no matter what, how broken we feel, we can come to God through Jesus. What a privilege, guys. Now that we have direct access to God, it's our duty and privilege to bring others, to go into our workplaces, to go out into the world and build bridges that those who don't know Christ may come over and get to know God. How beautiful. Fourth, our identity is a holy nation. No, third, I can't count. Our identity is a holy nation, united together as one in Christ, set apart to do the good will of God. And lastly, we are God's special possession. He sees the value and the worth in us. He's put beauty on the inside and called us a child of God. He's given us identity. Friends, how do we live in light of this identity? Well, as we go into our weeks, as we go into our occupations, as we go into the things we do in our world, why don't we first go in as children of God? Why don't we let that as our identity depict the way we live our lives and react to the world around us? I'll give you an example. I've been in hospitality for a long time. I absolutely love it, and it's what I do. I, I just, it's, coffee is my world, and I see the, the lens, I see the world through that lens. Like, I go somewhere, and I'm like, oh, cafe would be cool here. This would work really well. Coffee would work really great in this situation. Everything I see, I analyze through the lens of coffee. I react to the world through coffee, through what I do. But friends, what would it look like? What would our world become if we were first Christian and first children of God and reacted to the world out of that? What if we, we came to our jobs as Christians who then were like, our occupation, what we do is our mission field in which we outwork the call of God. What would it look like if we were a people who shone light in the darkness of our world? In God's light, we... we we find meaning and purpose. We have abundant life. Life is no longer this trackless journey with no signs or, or way to guide us, with no U-turns and, and, and mistakes. It's a straight path directly toward Jesus Christ. It is, it is a, the direction we know we're heading in, and we have the Holy Spirit to be with us, to guide us and lead us to walk every step of the journey along the way, to uphold us when we're tired and weak and can't hold on any longer. Would you like to walk in this path? You're welcome to. What do we do now, guys? We declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. We tell all those around us of the good things God's done in our world. We go and build bridges that more people will come to know Jesus, that more people will become more like Christ. Will you try that in your weeks this week? Let's read on. Verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When we were in darkness, we were not a people. But now in God's light, we are a people. We're given mercy, forgiveness, grace, love, and the identity of a beloved and chosen child of God. We didn't have an identity, and now we do. 
We know who we are and whose we are in Christ. We were boring stones like the one before, but now we're chosen, we're precious, we're part of God's beautiful spiritual house, anchored to Christ and known and loved by God. Don't let your old identity define who you are. Don't let what you do define what you can be. God is our foundation. Our world likes to put this really weird imaginary hierarchy in our world, like being a lawyer is better than being a barista, or being a doctor and having a really high-paying job is better than doing something else. It's fake. It's not real in the kingdom of God. We're all equal. We're all seen as beloved children of God. No matter where you're from or what you do, you are loved by God. We can bring nothing. We can't can't hold on long enough because before God, we're nothing. All we can raise is a hallelujah like the song before. Jesus didn't come to die that the people with cool jobs may have life. He came to die that all who call upon the name of Jesus will be saved. Henry Nouwen says as well, Jesus came to announce to us that an identity based on success, popularity, and power is a false identity, an illusion. Loudly and clearly, he declares, you are not what the world makes you, but you are children of God. Church, what would it look like if we were people who walked in that identity? How would that change the world you live in? Would you like to step into that today? Let's, let's try it. Let's, let's, let's let God transform the world we live in and bring more light into the darkness Jesus has made a way that this is possible. He lived a life on earth surrounded by sinners who rejected him and didn't want him. People that humiliated him and and beat him. His closest friends denied him. We deny him and walk away. But he doesn't stay still in that. He went to the cross so that you and I may have life. So that you and I may come to God as co-heirs with Christ. Children of God, known and beloved by him. He died for our sins, for my sins, for your sins, for the sins of the entire world, the sins to come, the sins that have gone. He died that through his resurrection we may be raised to life, that we may find our true identity, that we may find who we are in God and whose we are. We can call out, Abba, Father. We love you. We can have an intimate relationship with God. Will you walk across that bridge and come to Jesus today? In Christ we're known, in Christ we're loved, and in Christ we have an identity. Friends, who are you today? Are you a child of God? I would like to declare that you are. In Jesus' name you are. You can be. If this is the first time you're hearing this, then you have the opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus. He can be the immovable, secure, and stable foundation of your life if you want him to. Robbie Dawkins says, God has never been about hierarchy. He's about yielded hearts and people willing to step out in faith because they discover who they are in Christ. There's no hierarchy, friends. We're all equal. The cool jobs don't impress God. He doesn't care what we achieve or bring or how hard we can hold on. He sees our heart. He sees who we are. He sees the beautiful person He created you to be. He sees the plans He has to prosper you. He loves each and every one of you. Will we let that be our identity today? You are chosen and precious to God. Let's pray. Mighty God, thank you so much for who you are. Holy Spirit, just come and fill this place. Holy Spirit, come and work and move in power. Come and work and do things only you can do. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? 
What are you saying to your people right now? Pour out your spirit upon each and every one of us. God, that we may know we're beloved children of God. That we may know we are chosen and loved by you. Father God, that we have an inheritance in heaven. That we have an identity in Jesus. That we can be holy because you are holy. Father God, we love you. If you're here and and you can feel the Holy Spirit stirring something in your heart, or if you've never known Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this can be for you today. If this is you, I ask with all heads bowed, raise your hand. If God is stirring in your heart and wants you to become a child of God, if He wants to call you close to Him, if this is something that's resonating with your soul right now, please raise your hand. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to stand with you. Holy God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for working in these hearts. Thank you for stirring in these beautiful people, Lord. I pray you bless each and every one of these people. I pray you stir in ways you've never stirred before. I pray we go as a people more in love with you. I pray we go as a people willing to step out in faith and to give you our all. I pray we go as a people who know our identity in you, beloved and chosen by you, Father God. Thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing. We love you and we need you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you'd like prayer, you can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or contact us through our Instagram or our Facebook page. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.